Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sorry You're In My Seat, a weekly podcast that unites two best friends on a quest to find the greatest movies of all time. My name's Aaron and each week I have the pleasure of talking movies and films with my best buddy James. Hello there. And this week is no exceptions. We roll into what I think maybe 221 of the podcast. Sure, go with that. It could be. I don't know. We've lost track and uh, we've done a couple of specials and, and uh, quizzes along the way. But audio, audio grammars, we've had it all. We're somewhere in the 200s. Yeah. Taking a shot at 221. Yeah. If you joined us this week uh, and it's your first time, welcome. We get around the mics each week to talk about movies and films and documentaries and Netflix and cinemas. And sometimes we do silly things and games. And other weeks, like last week, we talked about the Pierce Brosnan Bond movies. Oh. Why? No reason. No reason at all, mate. I think it's because we were worried that they were going to leave. We saw that we were leaving Netflix here. I've Unbelievable. Been like, uh, Amazon. Amazon. And we're just like, oh, we better do that so people can't enjoy it. <laughs> that's the way we do things on this podcast if you like it don't forget to leave us a like and a subscribe you get a new episode each and every week and leave us a little review that really does help helps more people find the show and join in the conversation this week not necessarily going to be looking at uh, any films I have watched a couple of new releases that I'm mm-hmm. eager to talk about they're uh, available on Now TV um, or Sky Cinema <clears throat> but what I've decided to do this week yeah. is put James through his paces <gasps> with a couple of hard hitting questions in fact nine questions because Fuck it, I couldn't write a temp. I forgot. Big, big questions, mate. Nine questions. These are designed not to be yes or no answers. They're de- designed to extract from James a bit of thought, a bit of conversation, a bit of organic matter. Ooh, you dirty man. I want to discuss it. I want to chew the fat. I want to see what you think. I'm also going to play a bit of devil's advocate and try and get you to change your mind a little bit. We're going to have a little bit of a conversation about film uh, through these nine questions as we go through it. So that's what you downloaded this week. Join in. Let us know on Twitter. Let us know on Facebook, any of the streaming services, how you would have answered any of these questions. Big questions. Big questions. These are big questions. Big ideas. Ooh, nice. You're building this up. Can't wait to be right down. <laughs> <laughs> and somewhere between them, I'll intersplice with the two movies that I've watched and we'll have a little discussion about these, the things that you might want to watch. I saw a film that's very relevant, but that can also bring up, and also just quickly, because we're not a TV show for, you know, not sometimes. Finish the Devil's Hour. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mate. It's, it's on a, my list. It's a bit of you. It's on my list. Gotta say, it's, you know when you're watching something good mm. and you're watching it with someone mm. and they get it before you and when they say it, you realise it slots into place with all the other ideas that you've been having. This is a message out there to Esther. Esther, I love you, but fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> she got it, mate. She got it She got it so much before me. Not even going to pretend I was close. Do, do you know why? <laughs> she better, mate. It's because you... <laughs> and... It's because you had Brosnan on the brain. I had Brosnan on the brain. That's Last week, it, watching all them Pierce Brosnan and James it, Bond it, movies. It would do it to anyone, mate. Yeah. <laughs> but after dying of a day, I didn't know what my name was. You didn't watch it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to use it as an excuse. Um, but then sad news. We've, we've been having a lot of sad news lately. Oh, mate, I know my, where this is going. My first tattoo. It's a, it's, it's, it's a Batman tattoo. Mm. Kevin Conroy, the voice of maybe the greatest animated TV series of all time. Some of the greatest games of all time. Yeah. Uh, people talk about generational, but Kevin Conroy was Batman. He was my Batman. He's everyone's Batman. At some point, if you've liked Batman or played Batman or listened to Batman, you've had a bit of Kevin Conroy in your ear, selling you the story of Bruce Wayne, the orphan man who turned to a vigilante to fight crime. Very sad. He passed away of cancer. 65. Just, just another just another bit now of your childhood that's gone a little bit. And it's just really sad that, you know, with Robbie Coltrane, who we grew up with, with a lot of kids grew up as he's the definitive mm. Hagrid, 
the definitive Batman has passed on this week. So. Yeah, I think there's very sad news. And, and with Eddie passing, it's always nice when you see on Twitter and other places, celebrities coming out to talk about him. Of course, Mark Hamill being yeah. his counterpart as the Joker in that season and series. But anyone who's worked with him or talked to him, obviously shares uh, just stories of absolute pleasure of being around the chat. It sounds like he was awesome. Everyone talking very fondly of him at, at cons and, and events yeah. and meet and greets. Um, does seem like an absolute loss, yeah. It's horrible when you get to our age, when when these we're at that age now where our heroes are are passing on yeah. or, or they've retired and you might have lost touch. It's horrible because I was thinking, David Jason, when he goes, I can be national mourning. Mm. When Mark Hamill goes, there'll be Luke Skywalker. To me, it's going to be Harrison Voyage now. When Indiana Jones passes on, I'll be devastated. That's a morbid start to this it's episode, a fucking isn't it? Well, morbid. Big question for you. Yeah. Who are you going to miss the most? <laughs> When they're dead. Ford's a big one. Is Ford obviously. Is a big one. I yeah. do think David Jason in this country. David Jason, David Attenborough. Nicholas Linders. I like Nicholas Linders. There's something quintessential about, like David Jason and David Attenborough could be big elsewhere. Nicholas Linders will only ever be, be big in this country. <laughs> He's British through and through. If you now had to do an omnibus of Only Fools and Horses or Good Night Sweetheart, which one are you oh, picking? Oh, God, that's hard. Mate, big question number one. I mean, it's not on my list, but I'll I mean, have it. I'll I mean, I'm it. just saying, I'm just saying, Only Fools and Horses is the one that everyone talks about. It's one of the best British comedies of all time. But fuck me, there was something brilliant about, about, was about Good Night Sweetheart. I'm going that. I something, would. I think I would. About the, guy, about the guy who's cheating on his wife with his other wife. But if you, I'm on his side. Mm. He's, he's fucking got two families on the yeah. go. He's like, look, it's a different year. Like, is he cheating? Because that's actually my wife's not born yet. It's weird, isn't it? Do you know what? Yes. Good night, sweetheart. I love a bit of you. And the British Empire. There yeah. you go, mate. Mate, we've just Britained everywhere. I did like British Empire, actually. So did I. Oh, right. Yeah, I've top, got, top that. <laughs> I've got nine questions to get us through nine that I want to spark conversation. I don't want knee-jerk reactions. I don't no, want yes no, or no, no answers. I want, I also I want like to know why. chat. I also want to know why you thought these questions. So when I say your question, I want to see what your thinking was, mate. Okay, so the first one that I put out of there that I thought would make interesting conversation is... Are sex scenes needed in films today or should we just get rid of them? And what I mean by that is, mm -hmm. what's wrong with just implying two people go in a room, they okay. start to kiss or get passionate, camera moves away to an open window with just a curtain swaying in the wind. We know what happens. Yeah. Do we need to see any of it? And are we just going to see a watered down Hollywood version of it? And everything now with the, you know, the 2022 and the fact that now they need what are they call passion coordinators yeah. on set. Isn't it just better to do away with all of that stuff? It's, 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 so there's two schools of thought of this. There's the there's not enough sex scenes. I reckon you should have sex scenes in everything, mate. Every episode of like, every like CBBS. My <laughs> kids need to learn. <laughs> wow. <laughs> EastEnders. Also, you know, if you're watching the news, <laughs> just saying. Speed. So the one train of thought would be there's not enough. And there's not enough. So okay, let's just oh, give us your other train of thought then. No. So the other one is is it's a dying art. So last week we looked at Pierce Brosnan as James Bond, and they we've got this disability in this country and this country, this species, where we think like all of these isms are years ago. Nine Nine Five wasn't that long ago, and he was just. And we said it last week. We called him out, and he's, he's just humpitus, mate. Hump anything. We needed to see the sex scenes, but we didn't really. We know he's a horn dog. But you don't see it though. That's the point. No, in you don't. But you, you don't. do see a lot of it. You yeah, you, you often see him in bed afterwards. Where back in the day, he'd be smoking a cigarette, but nowadays it's just. You it's, know, they're, they're, it would be. It would be more like universally accepted if he was injecting heroin. <laughs> if was they've done the dirty, and now while they're like exhausted and in the thinnest 
sheet you've ever seen. It's always it, a thin sheet, isn't it? It's not a winter tog pillow, is it? Or it's a, like a no duvet. one fucks in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> no, you never see like James Bond with like fluffy wool socks on. Yeah, it's like keeping me socks it's on. Like, keeping me socks it's on. Like, on. I didn't put the eating on when I left. right off. It's like, oh, I'll just stay in bed with you. I can't yeah. be asked. Um, hot but, water bottle but, on the side. Yeah, or electric blanket. Do you want to get out of bed and turn it on? But, James Bond, you don't see it. You see him start making That's out true. and then he passes away. And what I'm talking about is back in the day, here we go, in Terminator. Now we know that Cal Reese is the dad of John Connor and yes. he goes back for more than one reason, to protect, but also impregnate. Yes. Do we need to see that? Was a, that was a weird scene. Where, where, Do we need to see the sex scene in where's that Where's that scene <laughs> where he goes, I need you to go back, you see this woman, yeah, I need you to back. And then, and then he goes, what, am I Bond? He's like, yes, yeah, so I want you to be my time Bond. <laughs> I need you to go back and look after this woman. Okay, cheers, Dad. What? No, nothing. I don't mean it. I didn't say anything. <laughs> Just whispers into his balls. Like, I'll see you soon. <laughs> um, but, you, do you know what I mean? In the, in that, you know, they made the grenades. It's it's the in that it, I get it. It's the end of Act Two going into Act Three. You, you know, the loss of calories as well. We need to see the sacrifice, the love. Mm. I get it. I, I get that there needs to be the connection. That's not the question. The question is, do you need to see? The frustrating. Remember Hellraiser, James. We talked about this recently. Yeah. Hellraiser is a movie where there's a load of skin in yeah. and death, but they couldn't show there's more no than three. three you, could, you couldn't see three frusts, and you weren't allowed to show any spanking because it would have been too much for American cinemas. So, so I guess I personally feel right now there are certain films that I imagine if you want to show horrific scene or a power domination. I'm thinking Fifty Shades of Grey. You, you do kind of need to see that element of it. Um, I'm going to use a TV series. I know it's not a film. Game of Thrones. Did we as an audience need to see, like, the first episode, Daenerys Targaryen is having sex with Jason Momoa. It's rough, it's violent, but she uses sex as a weapon. In the next episode, she turns it so it's more loving, less animalistic. And during that, they have a bond of love. And so they, she comes to basically be a paramour. You know, they're equals, not just thrusting animals in sex. They're lovers. And that leads on to the storyline that she's able to gain her own carcel. Mm. So you'd argue that, yes, sex was a powerful narrative to show the dynamic of the relationship. Now, if we were to swap this with a film... Um, Here we go. No. I see, not really. I, I, I don't understand why we need to... I also don't understand random... So this is the thing. Back in the day as a kid, and it's not as a kid as like the 70s, like Animal House, just like John Jim Belushi, not Jim Belushi, it was John Belushi, wasn't it? Scales it just to see naked women, and then turns to the camera and is frost off because he's so orgasmic. He turns to the camera, gives it a wink, it's like there's naked girls for no reason. Mm. We have evolved to the point I genuinely don't think we really need, unless it's specific. Maybe there's a potential crime that's committed that's integral to the story, so you need to know what happened. So where, the only time it's really necessary is when there's no ambiguity required. But nowadays it's not the same. But I, I would move that to nudity in general. See No Evil, Hear No Evil, a film that you, you adore, I adore. Is there really... For an erection joke, we must see the main actress without a top on in this PG film. <laughs> That's odd, isn't it? <laughs> that is odd. In this PG film, she takes her top off and we see her breast. And the joke being that um, Gene Wilder has an erection when he takes his finger off, he's gone, it's a funny joke. But she has to be nude for that joke to work. <laughs> However, if she was just in sexy lingerie, the joke would have worked. Just saying, uh, right now, unless you can convince me any difference here, I don't think it's necessary. Unless, like I said, it's used in a dynamical relationship. And I'll use Khaleesi and the Carl from Game you, of Thrones. You could you could say that some people go to watch films because they want to see it. Because actually, that's not there's nothing wrong in that. If you're paying your money and the and you are of age to go watch that, yeah. you can't you couldn't 
criticize someone. Why did you, why'd you go watch that movie? Oh, because I heard so-and-so. Why did you go watch uh, Swordfish? Well, there was two good reasons to go watch Swordfish. Yeah, Jim Vinnie Jones. <laughs> and then <laughs> and, uh, John Travolta. The, the Halley The blowjob scene. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It's like... You're, you're entitled no, to. Yeah, you are entitled to. You you can do that. So some people would say, no, that's an invasion of the reason why I go watch you, a film. Do you think that's a bit weird as well, that, that that is something that was a selling point? Like genuinely, we were a kid and like, you see The Matrix because it's awesome. Go see Swordfish. Why? Well, where you get tits out? <laughs> you're just like, oh, okay, yeah, all right. It's also weird as well that in the 80s and 90s, you had to have the generic scene. It doesn't matter yeah. who it was. And, you know, you'd see a, a, a brief flash of nudity you know, but it was like, no, do you want and then there'll be with? some blues jazz music playing over yes. the top of it. Horror movies. This is where I'm going. I'm going horror movies and I'm going. I'm staple going, part of the horror movie. It's a staple part, but why? It, because it, we've changed. We don't need it anymore. Like the whole idea that we need to see the couples having sex. Again, just because they have sex. But again, I just said the word again, like three times. <laughs> so let me start again. I apologize. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> So back in there is a trope, just like, oh, people like going to simmer, seeing a bit of nudity, a bit of a sex scene, and a stabbing. Mm, okay. However, we transport it to Scream, the sex scene is used, and a cabin in the wood, the actor of a sex doing that, is more relevant because it shows, oh no, the virgin can survive or can't survive, leading to the end of the world, mm. or Neve Campbell never technically killing Ghostface because she lost her virginity, so it's always someone else that's killed them in all the films. So do you know what? It's used. You can take it and make a story, but having it in a story for, for Pete's sake, again, I'll use another horror film and I'm going to use it later. So I didn't want to do this. Hostel. Hostel is a gore film. It's overly gory. And the only thing that spices it up, Eli Roth, one of the most talented men. I've always said it, mate. He's so talented. You've got that Eli Roth tattoo. You Get fucked. Now there's a joke. <laughs> one of the worst people I've made. He cuts up his gore with sex scenes because he's like, oh, they've had enough of gore. Let's get him a bit erect. <laughs> it's just some prostitutes. Having sex. It's, it's, it's callous, mate. It's callous. And I can't think of any stories other than there's a Jodie Foster film, Accused, which obviously you need to see that because you need to terrible, know the people yeah, yeah. in there. You need to see that scene because you need to be on Jodie Foster's side for the harrowing rest of the film. So whilst it does play certain parts in a film about a specific thing, the commonplace is gone, mate. Gone are the, say, you know, evils. Gone are the hostels. You don't need it. It's redundant. Not that, for me. Because that's the other thing. The act of it as well would be seen as... A, it could, in, in some ways could be a sin you know it, yeah. it's got kind of like um almost like biblical references to it doesn't it or it, or it's a it's a metaphor for manifestation turning into an adult or whatever it is coming yeah. of age movies is but you know but you it, don't need to see that exactly that's yeah. the question is do you need to see it you don't need to see it you you everyone knows if two people are kissing and they lay on a bed and the film pans away to a window that is open mm. and the curtain's fluttering they're doing it. Mm. So it's the universal except it's not there with sign language with the middle finger. It means fuck you. Just the door slowly closes behind them. Mm. And then it then the next the dad scene is, outside. Next scene is daylight. And <laughs> yes, you're like, exactly. oh. They've woken up late. They're gonna be caught. Mm. Oh, what? Didn't you set He's, the alarm? No, I was too busy having sex with you. And, then, and instantly fell asleep. <laughs> These it's this cold hair. It's this cotton sheet, mate. And the fact you left the window open and it mm. must be the summer, because no one has sex in the window established. <laughs> there was no. Do sex scenes have a place in film? Because that's the other thing as well, isn't it? Just the final point on that is there is, you could argue, well, if, if the answer is yes, but they go for it then. Don't show that. I want to see some fucking ball slapping. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, see some fucking let's make it as ugly as it can be, you know. You never see, right. So here's the thing as well. If you're going to have, if sex, if sex still has a place in cinema, then I want to see some gay sex. I want to see some, you know, interracial couples. You, you only ever see like, 
the A-list a hot white woman and the A-list a hot white man. You don't see like scissoring, rusty trombone. Here he goes. I only had those two. I remember him from the ones that you said during the Hellraiser episode. No skinning, but that, but that's what I mean. You, if you're going to go show it, I want to fucking see. It. I want fucking porn. I want to, I want Jurassic Park. <laughs> that's what I want. No, so you'll never do it. You'll never have. You'll never have it. So none. Yeah. Go jer- go jerk off at home like the rest of us. You fucking perps. <laughs> Chris Evans. Chris Evans is like, yeah. So in this scene, so after I got off the bed, how many windmills do I do? <laughs> I want you to splurt everywhere. <laughs> so he splurts everywhere. He's like, all oh, right, no. And also, I can't think of anything. So if you hear the story about, um, oh, I knew this was going to happen. <sighs> the lady, oh, it doesn't matter. Right, so there's a sex scene happening. It's like the man to wear naked wears some sort of nappy. Oh, it's like a sock, isn't <laughs> it's it? It's like yeah. a sock or something. And ladies wear, like, I, I can only explain if the way he was explained to me was tiny moomoos <laughs> just yeah. like over that area. I can't think of anything unsexier than you're there and Paul W. Sanders is like, right, do my wife. <laughs> do it. Because <laughs> I apparently can't. I suppose the best scene, I suppose the best scene though is probably Martin Freeman in Love Actually. You, you, there that's, you go, but that's a really... But that's funny because that shows a story. It's like they're doing a very intimate act, mm. but there's no intimacy in their yeah. relationship because that's what they're struggling to do. So they'll, they'll pork and bang and stuff, but... Fucking pork and bang. <laughs> okay, am I making breakfast? <laughs> but then again, so sex is so sex would be fine in that context because they don't have a relationship. That's the that's the funny. That's, that's the funny. That's the funny. It's great when we've got to explain it. Yeah. <laughs> that's question fucking, one. Fucking, fucking, I want to see Clint Eastwood's fucking balls on TV. That's what I demand. If we're going for this right, I want I want everyone I want people in retirement to come out. I want to see everyone's dick. <laughs> No one gets away with it. It's not authentic unless you see the dick. <laughs> Unforgiven's great, but at one point did Morgan Freeman, Clint Eastman, Gene Hackman, Windville. <laughs> didn't go, that didn't go where you thought it was going to go, did you? No, it went exactly where I hoped it would. Question two, it's not as, uh, it's not as, uh, I don't know, erotic as that by any standards. They're not, so the question two is, we have a time machine. Yes, I'd love a time machine, mate. You can swap Hitchcock from his prime, let's just say six, 960, a time of uh, Psycho. Yeah, just, just kind of like, yeah. With Spielberg today, and you put them in each of his timelines. So you take Spielberg back to the 60s, um, and then you bring Hitchcock now to 2022. Which one would have a greater impact on their genre? So would Hitchcock have a better impact on horror now in 2022? And would Spielberg have better impact on action in the 60s? So my problem is, no, it's not a problem. How I've decided to answer this question was I boiled it down to their achievements. Spielberg, oh, my favourite bits about their achievements. And this is a really difficult conversation because you've picked two great directors who are basically top of, on their timelines, they're top. I don't even like, the problem is I say I don't like Spielberg, but I think it's like that mentality of I don't like anything that's popular because then we sit down and go, I love that film. I, pick, I love that I film. I pick them I because of how film. they push their genres, yeah. Yeah, so Spielberg brings magic to life. There's, there's when I'm watching... Spielberg, I feel magic in my stomach. Mm. And that's not me being stupid or like taking a piss. Watching something like E.T. makes me feel happy inside. Watching even Hawk, it gets my childhood. It tinkles me. Oh, and Hawk? Yeah, you know what I just mean? Like it gets me. Mm. All of these films kind of get me, this kind of action. It's like, come with me. So Even Minority Report. I don't like Tom Cruise, he go fuck himself, but he gets me in the childhood. So 
you take him back to the sixties and he doesn't have at his arsenal. He doesn't all but, of them effects. But I think he could and all of them practical elements. You I, I know you could argue that um, you know, Spielberg's career started in the in the in the seventies, so it's not that far away from the sixties. Yeah. But in terms of that decade, cinema moved on significantly. Now Hook's a good example because Hook is a movie you could have made in the sixties. Yeah. Peter Pan story, you know, it, it, you know, some uh, cables. It's not, it's not a film that's heavily reliant on, um, you know, visual effects or anything like. You need to find a giant crocodile, obviously. Obviously, um, but and Justin other than Hoffman that, had more of a career, so he'd be harder to get hold of. <laughs> you couldn't take many of Spielberg's last films. And bear in mind, we're talking about him in twenty twenty two. That's true. Into the sixties, you couldn't. But what you could do is you could take his style, mm. and you could take his. When you watch a Spielberg, are you watching it for the special effects? I don't. I'm looking for the whimsy and the writing and the direction, the the ability to file the childlike in the adult. And that's why I'd always go with Hook as a prime example because I still think Hook is a film that on paper should not work. Robin Williams plays an adult Hook. He looks yeah, like Peter Pan. Oh, sorry, yeah, Peter Pan. He looks like a pillock. He looks like he's a. He looks out of place. He looks like he's a nonsense kid, <laughs> but. <laughs> But he doesn't. He gets you. And Robin Williams is is a is a child man at one point. Like he like he remembers these people and instantly forgets he's got kids. It's like, what is wrong with this man? <laughs> However, it's the writing and his ability to sell me on this film, which I'm going on paper. If I wrote down Hook on a piece of paper and gave it to you, you'd be like, fuck off, mate. There's no way this is a great film. But it is. I do, I do quite like it. And he gets you, and he gets you in the childhood. Flip, right in my childhood. Flip flip that, mate. Alfred Hitchcock saw a shower and changed the world we live in. Mm. He changed it. And his his power comes from where, where Spielberg will get you in the childhood. Hitchcock will get you in the pit of your stomach. Not in the, like the birds. He takes something mundane. It fucking terrifies you. North by Northwest, the idea that someone thinks that you're someone else, it shocks you. Like, you're, oh my God. It's a simple case of mistaken identity. He takes the simple and the arcane and make it crazy. Yeah. Which it, nowadays would somehow, I feel like, would be diluted in CGI monstrosity. I think he worked better because he wasn't reliant on special effects. He was reliant on a storyline. Nowadays, if he was here, all of these stories would have CGI or monsters or the birds would be ridiculous. Mm. And I think that's why I'd go Spielberg back because he had the whimsy in his right and Hitchcock, no, through no fault of his own, some prick in a suit who's sitting in Hollywood who goes, oh, we need more CGI. <laughs> Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Yeah. Do you think though that Hitchcock in 2022 would be Hitchcock with the gloves off? Because no. there could be an element of him is like in the sixties cinema, like I cannot put this on a film. I can't do this. Like even you know, if you look at a film like Psycho, which in today's standards, you know, is a, is about, yeah, a man dressed as his mother killing people. Yeah would have scared audiences and gone, that's not right. That's taboo. That's different. But now given everything that gets through BBFC, you know, you talked about the film Terrifier 2 a couple of weeks back and you think how some of them scenes would never have been allowed to even be discussed. You you would have been locked up if you went into a a studio and was like, I've got an idea in in this scene, this is going to happen. Like it's going to take the skin off someone and then throw salt and bleach on it. You'd be like, yeah. get out. There is something wrong with you. Now Hitchcock comes forward to this day and he's like, I can do what? Oh, fucking right. You watch this shit. I, I, I like to think he wouldn't because his, his terror came from the, from the stories. Mm. I don't think he was reliant on the visual. Okay, next thing. Is is horror on its knees and actually you need someone to come back to 2022, strip it back and actually bring it back. You know, you think about <laughs> directors that. like Ari Aster now and, and how they're driving horror. You think actually Woods, 
would he be refreshing because he's going to take away the guts, the gore and the over the top violence and get you back to your, what really chills you, you know, gives you shivers down your spine. Hitchcock's the only one to do it. But then I have to sacrifice a whimsical story maker in a time that story would have been more, more relevant, more powerful. I do get your point. But then again, we've got Harry Astor to do that. Mm. Oh, by the way, rewatch the registry. No, <laughs> no. The performances are great. Storylines story lines Another dross. day. Another day. Um, no, I, I stick to my, I'm sticking to my guns, mate. These are my guns. Spielberg back then, mate, would have a greater effect on the story. Could have changed the definition of the action genre earlier. Hitchcock was perfect where he was. He needed to stay where he was because his stories led to what we have now. Mm. Uh, the rear, the rear, the rear window, rear window yeah. that story there, a staple remade every then has to be Hitchcock has to be then he has to stay there. Cause he has to, he's, he has to impregnate Marty McFly's mother. <laughs> he has to do it. Otherwise Marty McFly's not born 20 years later. It has to happen. That's why Hitchcock stays where he is because he needs to impregnate the other filmmakers with his ideas. I like and it. And no sex scenes. Of course. <laughs> no, we've ruled them out. Question three. Oh yeah. You accidentally hit the uh, delete button. God, I'm so happy. And someone's entire career is taken. This was genuinely the hardest one I've got. Well, there you go. You're in, you, their whole career is deleted from the world. So it's kind of like that movie that, what was that? Uh, what was that fucking Danny Boyle movie with the, where everyone forgot who the Beatles were? Yesterday. Yesterday. So it's that scenario. Whose career would have a bigger impact if it was deleted? Tom Cruise or Arnold Schwarzenegger? Two giants of the action genre for different reasons. I do have two answers for this. <laughs> now, I would say 99% of the people listening to this, well, gut instinct is to say you can't get rid of Schwarzenegger. You can't get rid of Terminator. You can't get rid of Predator. You can't get rid of um, you, you know, Junior. Well watched, mate. <laughs> because I, and I'm really not happy about this, and I, I, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I don't like Tom Cruise. I think he's a power maniac. I think he's... When he, when he gets loose on a film, he's dangerous. And I will always resort back to the mummy. However- See, I, I, on that, I actually really like Tom Cruise. I think Tom Cruise is the absolute, he, he's unstoppable. Unstoppable. And, and I, I think there's a gene or, a, or whatever it is in, in Tom Cruise that is so rare. Where you hear about him on sets when he was like a teenager and he wouldn't go out drinking, wouldn't go out partying. He's like, no, because I'm going to be the best actor in the world. And- and I know you call it like megalomaniac and, and that bit. Can you imagine having that drive and that passion right the way through into your 50s and, that's, and approaching 60? And that's why I feel like if you deleted him, you'd have... And I don't just mean his films. So I'll take Arnold Schwarzenegger and the reason why that is, is his roles are iconic. And I don't want to be a dick, but they're not that difficult. Mm. He plays a humorless robot. He's a shit dad. <laughs> It jingle a jingle all the way. Hey, he's a very successful uh, mattress salesman. I don't know what he does at the beginning of that movie. Well, Jim, Jim worker out, right? Well, he's hench as fuck. Just two lies. You know, it's like, like you could swap him with with another muscle bound man. And but this isn't because I don't like him. But none of his roles to me strike as only Arnie could do that. There is an alternative. The alternative might not be as good, and you'd go to another muscle man. That's action hero. Who are you putting in them shoes? Stallone. All right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I suppose Stallone's the answer to all this. Yes, exactly. Right? <laughs> so, so I just replaced him with Stallone. And I I love Stallone. Um, I think you could do it. But Tom Cruise, and I'm not just talking about Tom Cruise, the actor. Tom Cruise, the progenerator of next talent. Because he wants to be the best, his, he people up his game. 
I don't necessarily think he's a great actor, but do you know what? He puts 110% into anything. He makes careers of other people. He's someone that you want to work with. Can you name another person who could be Maverick? Yes, but, but not really. Other people can be Mavericks, but who could have that shit-eating grin? Days mm. of Thunder. There's only Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise roles you could not apply to very many other actors because of who he is. I, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying you, they would have done a bad job. But Tom Cruise has made his career about being the number one, and I think that's why if you deleted his career, you'd get subpar performances. You wouldn't render Maverick. You'd just be like, "Oh, is that is that Dennis Quaid from Inner Space?" Because they are essentially the same character, but mm. one of them's Dennis Quaid, the other one's Tom Cruise. So <laughs> <clears throat> I'd just surprise myself. I'd much prefer Arnie. But if you delete both their things, there's a lot of things that aren't happening with Tom Cruise. Someone <laughs> fill in the shoes though of uh, of Terminator. Dolph Lundgren doesn't have to talk, does he? You couldn't have a silent protagonist. It's could have been OJ Simpson. You originally cast. Okay. Let's never forget that fact. <laughs> I, I think you. I, I, yeah, I mean, because it, it kills you, doesn't it? it? Your, your gut wants to say, "Don't get rid of Schwarzenegger's career," because it's it's ingrained in cinema. It's ingrained in our childhood. It's, like, a, it's a happy story. The guy went and was Hercules and fought a bear in New York in in Central Park, and he had like five dollars to you his name. You got to think as well, actually. If it was a sacrifice, like you know, Tom Cruise would still be alive. He just wouldn't have. He wouldn't be an actor. Whereas, what would he do? Well, <laughs> me, do you want him being a megalomaniac for, say, a newspaper company? Oh, yeah, that's true. Do you know what I mean? So actually, he's the lesser of two evils. Keep <laughs> letting him have his career. Because and fuck you it still out. got Mr. Universe. I'm oh, sorry, I dropped yeah. your phone. I apologize. That's right. <laughs> no, that, that's what I mean. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger, I mean, you take away his acting career, he was still in the military and a tank driver. He's still a world Mr. Olympia. still mm. a politician. He's still, still, he's still fucking living the high life. He's still he? got three of a really good career. He's still he probably the shit dad as well. <laughs> Just all the way. Never forget. I think, uh, yeah, it, I, I think the smart choice is not to get rid of Tom Cruise just because it's the what would he have done if he wasn't an actor. Trump. <laughs> That's what I mean. He could have been. He could have been like... Local man. Local man rages in Indiana. World's nuked. Yeah, I, I think it's hard. I think everyone's going to disagree with that. They say you can't get rid of Schwarzenegger. It's, that's the holy grail of films, but I think it's the smart choice. Mm. Mm. Smart. That's what we are, smart. This is a short question. He's, he's, it's he's, the... It, it, I want specific as as specific as possible. Fifteen liters. <laughs> At what point specifically is gore too gory? Hostile. <laughs> Which bit? Um, so mine is gore without purpose. So when you base a film on nothing but come see this, it's gore, no storyline. Um, Hostile one saw towards the end of its franchise when it came about less about the surprise and it came about what way we're going to torture ourselves when we sat as an audience. And we're happy to sit through people mutilating themselves without rhyme nor reason. Mm. When we, as an audience, became sadomasochists. And I pinpointed to three films, Hostel 1, Saw, I don't know, three, why not? <laughs> one of them. <laughs> and all the remakes of zombie films like Dawn of the Dead, where humanity became malleable and became <laughs> gravy or jelly. <laughs> just, just when we watched this and we knew we were going to watch people be torn apart for no reason. Mm. So without malice, without intent, without storyline. Too gory. Um, Terrify 2, in a sense, as well, because it has no purpose. But then in some ways, it's a love story, too gory films. But I remember sitting through Hostel, mate, and I remember thinking afterwards, it's like, how has this guy got a job? There's a point in Hostel that's really weird in that there's there's like all the horrible stuff going on, and that makes a horror movie. You know, backpackers in Europe, yeah. you know, and, and there's also a storyline oh, in there. Too much gory. Someone get their tits out. Oh, sexy. No, but there's also <laughs> a story in there about, um, you know, like people with enough money and, you know, looking for kicks and the, yeah. the, the biggest kick is murdering someone. There's a story in there, you know, that, that I think's 
Just, w- yeah. just not that one. Yeah. But it's the scene where some kids kill a bloke. Yeah, use his football as, uh, use the head as a football. Yeah. yeah. And basically like, because he, he's driving in his car and they're on the road and he beeps him or something. Yeah. And I was like, oh fuck, so even the kids are like murderers. Yeah, everyone's murderer, mate. It's odd, isn't it? That, that film is... Actually, that you're right. Actually, you might have talked to me out of that. Congratulations, because there is at least some sort of storyline in there. There is some sort of storyline, like people get the kicks out of it. I will then go back to a film that we talked about a few weeks ago. It was in the question, Cabin in the Woods. The story are, there's a bunch of arseholes in a cabin and they get a flesh-eating disease. And basically, they're just like, the skin starts falling off in horrific situations. They'll start having sex and the vagina drops off. There you go, Cabin in the Woods. Not Cabin in the Woods. Cabin Fever. Cabin Fever. That's cabin it, Fever, yeah. I apologize. There you go. Cabin Fever, saw, I don't know, five changed and definitely hostile stuff because fuck that film fuck you Eli Roth yeah I, I mean but then you know let's let's go down let's play devil advocate again if you're saying that oh. people are allowed to pay money to go watch films knowing there are explicit sex scenes in it and yeah. they're well within their right to do that people are well within their right to go see they are extreme but, violence and gore but the question was at what point specifically is going to so, so I thought we were going to go into like things like the moment a, a toenail gets removed Okay. Or the moment. Oh, a, I've got you one for. A, Anything with the eyes. I was just eyes. Yeah, in, eyes, eyes is the way it is. As soon as it goes to eyes, man, I'm done. Yeah. I just, I just, I like my eyes. I got nice eyes. I don't like. The problem is, is how long you can survive that eyes. I'm going eyes. Or anything is, that involves cheese wire, scalping, <laughs> scalping. I'll be honest. That's I, specific. Yeah. I, what's really weird is I'm a bold man anyway. So if, if I got scalped, it wouldn't really make that much difference. But at the same time, I don't like the idea that I can't see. Because my forehead's covering my eyes. <laughs> yeah, like, that's that's what you don't want to do, is it? Yeah, exactly. Or, or even worse, like when the Indians would then take, would like nail your scalp to your tongue. Oh, that, that, what's tongs, with that? Yeah, tongs. Tongs on the list it, as well. That, that's that's degrading, isn't it? It's like you've already scalped me. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's leave over. your tongue. It's over. <laughs> I'd be alright with. I'm alright with skin and a bit of skin in, unless it's the, the oh, scalp. See, I, think the skin, scalp I think skin's where I'm at. Long, long, prolonged scenes of bleeding out or skin in. I've got one for you. It's still been your time. You don't need it. You don't need that in a film, do you? Standing on a Lego. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know where we cross that threshold where um I, and this is something I think about a lot now being a dad and thinking my daughter one day is gonna watch films and thinking, what's the film I wanna keep her from watching for as long as possible so she's old enough to really, you know, make that decision whether she wants to see it. Where is it? I don't know. I don't know. I feel, I do feel we crossed a threshold at some point where it's like there's nothing left to see now in film. Like probably hostile. Yeah, maybe that is it. Maybe. Uh, uh, definitely for me, now that I know what the question was about, really, not my prepared answer of you know using logic, definitely the eyes. I did fuck, fuck you. Leave yeah. my eyes alone. Eyes, eyelids, scalping. Surgery without anaesthetic. Mm. Do you know what? I, I remember Event Horizon when, I think it was Jason Isaacs, gets operated on whilst he's alive. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. And he comes in and he's arranged anatomically on the table whilst he's stood... You want people being split open and then hung because you've already split them open. What's the point? <laughs> Why are you so extra? There's something, there, I found that as well. There's something about like medieval movies where they're like, let's hang him. And then while he's hanging, like disembowel him. It's like yeah, just, one of them would have done. Do you know what I mean? You're so fucking up. extra. Well, you see those 20 people out there. Yeah. You just stabbed them. Yeah. Well, what are you doing with this guy? Let's, let's, let's cut him open, feast on him, put him back together again, put an egg in him, <laughs> watch it hatch, <laughs> let the chicken eat his brain. And then we'll all go piss on his corpse. And you're like, oh, okay, he's already dead. He died of septicemia. <laughs> what I like as well is we're talking about like mainstream and and hostile being a, like a little B movie. Yeah. And there's someone listening to this going, 
fucking hell, you hadn't seen this like Japanese horror where someone yeah. does this and you're like, yeah, yeah no, I haven't. Yeah, because, because I drew the lines at eyes. And I am. Someone you have. Someone's even, what about the Korean like travesty where they torture a soul? And I'm like, yeah, eyes. That's yeah. <laughs> where I stopped, eyes. <laughs> this is this is where this is where as as the two of us we lack what used to be our third counterpart. Where he, at this point it's it's definitely yeah, he'd be like fucking everything. Oh mate, you've not heard of splitting? <laughs> no, I haven't. Oh right, it's when they turn you upside down and hack you. All oh, right, yeah, yeah, cheers. Yeah, no, I haven't heard of that. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, funnily enough, that was in the same film with the uh, scalping and the stapling into your tongue. <laughs> that bone tomahawk. Don't the, watch that film. The more you learn, don't watch that film. Also, Matthew Fox. Also, film. also don't want to be eaten. I, don't I know it's not too gory, but I don't particularly want to say. I don't like the, the bit in Hostel where, where he cuts the guy off, so he goes and eats it, and he's got, like, music on. like the, Also, the shit writing, but at the same time, I don't like the fact that the guy was still alive whilst he was eating him. Like, fuck you. I think Silence of the Lambs perfected the gore. I think that's the right amount. Oh, I mean, that is the exact right amount. Esther loved it. Most Very of the Halloween, she absolutely loved it. I didn't realise how many POV shots there are. Mm. Esther pointed out to me, he's like, the film space is actually quite claustrophobic. Like, you only see, like, Jodie Foster's face. Like, you don't see anything else, and then, and then it cuts to, then it cuts to, like, Buffalo Bill, you only see his face. It's fucking, the way it's shot is mm. so brilliant. Great movie. Yeah. Uh, let's break this up for a minute. We've done three questions. Let's uh, just talk about film, if, okay, if we may. Yeah, yeah, go, go for it. Mate. I watched a movie this week, James, yeah. and uh, I'm not sure if you're going to be happy with me. Why? Did you like it? Uh, I'm about to find out I'm not going to say whether I liked it or not I'm going to let you decide the movie is brand new it came out this year 2022 directed by Ruben Fletcher very famous Ruben Fletcher story is about a street smart Nathan Drake who's recruited by a seasoned oh. treasure hunter oh. Victor Sully Sullivan to recover a 500 year old lost treasure and of course talking about Uncharted what does betrayal taste like? Uncharted the movie that have day been one, made, we've been saying should have been, and that we were boycotting it. it should have been. Have you? Uh, been, have you is it the second film more obvious? Because <laughs> it is. I'm walking yes, out. Yes, it is. <laughs> 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 I'm going to wait till I get to that. Uh, you yeah, absolute whore. So they both come out on it. Let's talk about Uncharted first, because Temptation did get the better of me. I thought I've got to watch it. You know, because you can't judge a film on its cover. I'm wondering if you can. Well. <laughs> Maybe I should have. <laughs> now, let's talk about the pros. It is very uh, fun. It is. I mean, if anyone played the games like I did or loved the games like I did, the third one in particular, there's a exquisite sequence involving an aeroplane in that game mm. and you falling out of that aeroplane and, and the kind of the adventure that ensues from that. The film starts with that scene and then kind of comes back to it. Yeah. So it like starts the, like there. The game. Yeah, you see a flashback and then you come back to it. I remember the train in the game. That was good. The train at the beginning the of the second one. Yeah. That's fucking brilliant, that scene. That's what a way to start a game. I always thought that would be really good if that was played by, like, not a four-year-old boy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Uncharted, it, it has, like, that scene, so I kind of settled into it. I was like, okay, then. And it is, you know, a bright, sunny, you know, this treasure. These are all the things that I love about films like National Treasure and um, Indiana, Jones. Indiana Jones and even even Paris the Caribbean 1, you know, which I did quite enjoy. Yeah, you know, the, right, yeah. yeah, the idea that there's lost gold somewhere and they have to find it and there's oh, maps. And, What's the second one about? I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they find bits and maps and that's a clue to the next bit and they have to figure it out. And then there's something that you saw at the beginning where actually now it has a new meaning and it was a clue and it, it wasn't it wasn't some random message. It actually meant something. And it's got all those bits to it, all those kind of set pieces that make it a, you know, adventure treasure hunt movie. That mm. is then wrapped in the Uncharted branding. 
i.e. the characters, um, you know, and the very loosely related uh, dynamics that the characters in the games have also in this uh, film. The, the Anyone who loves the f- games loves the character Drake, who is a mature bloke. You know, he's, a, he's a, you know, and Victor Sully is the older dad figure, the missing mm. father. In this, you have a 24-year-old Drake and a 40-year-old Mark Wahlberg. So they, they've changed the ages. Mm. Here's, here's what I'll say about this. I don't think, for the life of me, Mark Wahlberg did any research into who Sully was. Why would he? I think he's he, Mark Wahlberg. I think he just got told you have to keep calling him kid <clears throat> and act a bit cocky and be a bit, is he a double crosser or is he not? Mm. You know, always thinking about the gold first. And I think Mark Wahlberg literally just took that because there's no nowhere in it did I feel like he had researched that character or, or who he was representing in the gaming community. A little bit different for Tom Holland. I think... This Ruben Fletcher, I think, is a fan of the, um, the games. third games. Yeah. yeah, I think you could tell that. There's some, there's some angles. There's, a lo- there's some deep cuts that you're like, yeah, that is in the game. That is, that is how he would react in the game. And I think Tom Holland did do a bit of research into the Drake character, did the best he could as a younger version of the character that we know from the games. But it did feel like pantomime. It didn't feel organic. It felt, I very much felt like here's Tom Holland doing that American accent again where he's slightly cheeky and charming and dashingly good looking. And it was, and it was void of, because Drake was basically Indiana Jones. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he, he'd, he'd run into an ex and he's like, oh, you know, get punched. And he's like, yeah, I deserve that. You know, that kind of character to him. And he was wisecracking, you know, he'd, he'd escape a massive explosion and stand up, dust himself off and go, oh, oh, close. And then run on, you know, that was the character. And it's, it works on a game. It doesn't work when you're seeing Tom Holland in this huge CGI scene where he should have died 50 times, dust himself off after doing a superhero landing and, you know, just strolling on a beach where then there's a cameo of the voice actor who does Drake who goes, oh, I fell out of a plane once in the most let's wink at the camera scene you've ever seen. If it was a generic... (laughs) And then and did someone else go... Where's Nathan Fillion? Yeah. (laughs) And I didn't want to go down that route. I didn't want to be the guy who, you know, who who, like most of the internet wanted Nathan Fillion, but he was, he was a better, he would have been a better actor. Nathan Fillion, J.K. Simmons was the partnership that we, that we should have got. There are some interesting villains in the movie. There's some interesting set sequences in it. It's lavish, it's bold, but it's ridiculous as well. It's like stealing artifacts, you know, out of auctions where, there's no way you would have done got away with half the shit that they get away with. And I know it's because it's an action adventure kids movie, but there's a part of me. It's you based know, on an adult game though. So adults yeah. so you are gonna have adult fans and they're not gonna be happy about it. Because you have technically changed the target audience. I, th- I think there was an, there was sorry. there was enough in there for me to go, okay, it, it wasn't in char- it was in charted, mm. but you could have stripped away some of the scenes that they lifted from the games. And if they just had the narrative of Mark Warburg and Tom Holland going on a, an action adventure where they're trying to find some gold in some weird Da Vinci Code meets um, meets Indiana Jones or National Treasure, then okay, that's what it is. It's the fact that it's, it's like when I watched the Dark Tower film and it's like they did the bare minimum to make that a Dark Tower movie. The bare minimum. What, Idris Elba phoned something in? Matthew McConaughey, the whole film, a 90 minute film that was supposed to be seven books was fucking ridiculous. Um yeah, Uncharted, it just wasn't for me. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm not saying it was, it's not. It, it looked like a million dollars. It is a big action film. Do you know how it did at the box office? Are they sequel in it? No, it, it definitely leads into a sequel with your mate. I can never remember his name. You know, the the villain in um, oh, that, that World War II horror movie. 
Oh, no, the, the Euron Greyjoy. From yeah, Euron Greyjoy, yeah, yeah. So he sets up as a like Nazi villain at the end of this movie, so that where they're going to go into a sequel, where Mark Wahlberg turns up with a moustache, and he's like, what's that on your face? And he's like, oh, it's called puberty, you'll hit it soon. And he's like, oh, yeah. But... Oh, and then he killed the franchise. <laughs> dead. It, that's it. And that, and that, Stone dead. So it has a, and there's a lot of like double crossing in it, which is pretty good. Like, you know, the, there's three main characters in it that are constantly double crossing each other. Mm. And it, but I've seen that in other movies. Oh, you yeah, know we I mean? saw that in like Red Notice. Well, not Red Notice. Red, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah kind of like Red Notice. It had yeah. that, that same kind of dynamic between your main three leads. Like I say, it wasn't. <laughs> did, did it turn out that Mark Wahlberg was, was banging one of them? Like, like in Red Notice. Maybe. I do, I do. It's the same film. I do, I do think the biggest letdown, and, it, and anyone who listens to the podcast knows I'm not a massive Warburg fan, but it, he's so detached from the Sully character. It's unreal. <laughs> you actually seem quite pissed off about that. Yeah, because I went into it thinking it was, I was going to be mad at Holland. Yeah. And I, why would he's you? Hard like, to be hard yeah. on Holland. You know, he's, he's, he's obviously done really well with the Spider Man franchise. He's looking for other opportunities. He's branching out You're to try to do other say, things. That's the promise. I'm a fan and I was pissed off it wasn't Nathan Fillion. The reason I'm pissed off was because he, I've never seen more perfect casting, but also because Nathan Fillion did a short that you can see on YouTube where he is Nathan Drake. Yeah. And the problem was it came out before this film. So you, you've, he's the perfect age, he's the perfect look. He's the perfect type of surly. You have J.K. Simmons, who's already got his own moustache. Yeah. <laughs> it was all Rin. And you went with Nathan Fillion. Sorry, you went with, oh, what's his name? Tom uh, Holland. You went with Tom Holland. But you, no point is that Tom Holland's fault. Tom Holland isn't going to go, oh, I'm not doing this because Nathan Fillion's a bigger fit. You're gonna, he's mm. a young lad. He wants his film career. He's he's okay. What he's is, pretty good. He's Of course he's going to say yes. What is it about Hollywood, though, being like, yeah, let's make him 24? Because that's the, that's because the that's most the target, appealing yeah, the target, target audience. audience yeah. but. And Antonio Banderas plays the, the, the villain in it. Who, yeah, I mean, he, you know, he it's, bad. it's Antonio Banderas. Yeah, he it? dials it in. He, you know, he, he he doesn't do anything particularly menacing in it. You know, and he's one of these again that's got a vendetta because five hundred years ago his family were wronged. <gasps> I don't give Fucking, a shit. <laughs> I don't get over it. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like if if someone scuffs your vehicle, you're angry, but you're annoyed about it. You don't, you don't like five hundred years. Your descendants don't. Which is their bre- it breaks away about three times to him giving these long rants about why like his family were like wrong but in mind he is a billionaire it's not like he's like living he's off breadcrumbs you know what I mean like he's, he's, he's doing he's all right, right for himself, himself. <laughs> you know but he needs this like you know 20 billion dollar um, you know ship that's been sung that's got all this treasure in it Like and like I say it is it is ridiculous there's an end sequence involving ships being carried by helicopters with cannonballs and all sorts that is just ludicrously odd. And and I remember thinking, how the fuck did we get here? Do you know what I mean? How did we get here? I know how. Sony. The be- yeah, so- <laughs> you wait, I've got more of this coming up. Another Sony movie. Uh, but yeah, Unshied. Not terrible, bland and uninspiring. I, genuinely- Not now. I, I tell you right now, if I wanted to watch a treasure hunt movie, and Indiana Jones wasn't on. I'm going National Treasure. Oh, of course. This is so far down the line. Fair enough. I, it's I, above Tomb Raider, though. I won't watch it. Which one? Remake? No, the, oh, okay, the uh, particularly the second Jolie movie. Yeah. Um, no, uh, I still probably won't watch it. I'll stand by the I'll stand by the court, mate. When but, you're thinking about watching it, just play the game. Yeah, I've got the games. I will just play it. In three films' time, I've got, I've got, we have the weirdest collection of films this week. <laughs> Let's go. Should we do question five? Yep, let's go for like two more, then we'll go. Question five, you've got a choice here. You get to get rid of one of these from today, from now. 
So they're not making any more after this point. The ones that have come before are fine. They're fine. fine. They can yeah. stay. But from now on, James, you have the rule. No more prequels, no more trilogies, or no more films over 90 minutes. You are God. Which one are you picking? So the question, I need to have a qualifying question. When we say no trilogies, are we saying... Two and done. Two and done. Mm. Well, this is where I'm at. We do a podcast. Back in the day, it was harder for us to watch a film over 90 minutes. It was, it was a chore, mate. Mm. Times haven't changed that different. You've got a kid now. I've got a new job. We're running ragged. The middle age, mate, it's got us. It's got us by the curlies. Mm. It's punching our knots harder than fucking Pinhead on a radon bitch. <laughs> <laughs> right? We're getting smashed up. 90 minutes is perfect. It's got mm. tear. You see a film, it's 90 minutes. You're going to sink your teeth into that. Mm. But... Is I that mean, always enough? But that's but then the films that you truly love, the films that turned you into the man you are now, the man that loves film, Indiana Jones, that was longer than 90 minutes. Star Wars, that was longer than 90 minutes. The greats, mate, usually are more than 90 minutes. I've got a problem with original storytelling. I'm going to use one of your franchises here. I've written it down here. Star Wars. I knew this was coming. Original trilogy, mate, it's perfect. Still a trilogy, but it's still perfect. Let me have the sequels. No, but we didn't, did we? We had the prequels. And what that happened was you had an established storyline where you needed to churn out shit because you needed to get these characters to a point. By the second film, you hadn't done it. So the third film was predictive, lame, boorish. Stick another trilogy on that. A trilogy that they didn't even know where to go with it. The storyline ups and downs like you don't know. And by that third film, and I'll be honest, mate, the third film's the worst of them all. That ninth film? Trilogies, mate. A trilogy you know is coming. Blade, first Blade was great. Second Blade was great. What let it down? Blade 3. Spider-Man. Dominic Parcel. Yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man, mate. We loved Tobey Maguire. Battling William Defoe. We loved it. That second one, when he was battling Alfred Molina as Doc Ock, mate, we loved it. Then he started battling Sand that killed his uncle. <laughs> and <laughs> Which was technically a prequel <laughs> bit. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Worst of both. I've got... A, a prequel seems like it's doing the work for you. I'm always going to be this. And you knew I was going to pick this. And I'm, I'm interested to see how you fight back. When you're writing a prequel, you are robbing yourself of original thought. You're tying yourself down. If the sequ- if your prequel story is so good, tell it first. <laughs> I hate prequels. I, I detest them. Don't get me wrong. Row one's brilliant. Mm. I'm not saying they're all bad. I just think prequels and trilogies and sequels, they are the death of original idea. We We don't get... What I really love about Scarsese is, and what I used to love about Denzel Washington, we don't get sequels. We got The Irishman. We're not waiting for The Irishman 2. We're not waiting for Goodfellas 2. Hit me, baby. I am getting rid of prequels and trilogies. And yes. Prequels and trilogies. You're getting rid of two. Oh, no. I thought I only had a choice of prequels, trilogies, or... Oh, if I only have to pick one. Yeah, no prequels, no trilogies, or no films overnight. Oh, I thought, I thought the first two were the same one. I'm getting rid of prequels, baby. Get rid of them. Give me... Get rid of episodes one, two, and three and fucking lavish me on four, five, and six. Let me keep them trilogies, mate. I know it's from this moment, mm. but how was I ever going to change? How would I ever not do this? Fuck you, you prequels. You're awful and shite. See, you you don't want... I have sacrificed. I just realised, if I know it's from this moment, but I have just sacrificed. I have literally just sacrificed Rogue One so I could keep episodes fucking <laughs> seven, eight, and nine. <laughs> so I stand by it. Yeah. <laughs> So, so you're getting rid of potential movies like seeing- uh, Luke Skywalker, the teenagers. No, no, I'm, I'm moving away from Star Wars now. Okay. Let's say Judge Dredd working up the Academy. I have. You wouldn't want to see that film? I would like to see that, but I would like to see Dredd 2 with uh, with Keith Irvin, uh, Carl Urban and 
Dread 3, more dreadier. <laughs> the dreadest. Then I am hearing about, oh, you know, when he wasn't as cool and awesome. Mm. I'm getting rid of Kirk, the teenagers, because I want to see more adventures in the Starship Enterprise. I'm getting rid of Hellraiser as a World War One general because I want to see him, you know, with his scalp covering his eyes and he can't... You don't want to see a young McLean as a street cop? I would love to, but I don't want prequels, mate. They're devoid. Okay, then. There you go. Perfect example. Why do I need to see McLean as a street cop? I know what McLean comes. Why isn't it... Isn't it more impressive if there wasn't a big event before and he was just an average bang-ass cop mm. who was in the wrong place at the wrong time? If I see a prequel and he's Superman, I'd be like, oh, that makes it somehow less impressive what he came up against. And what about, like, where you can take a prequel and make a movie that is only until the final scene you realise as a prequel. You're, you, so, for example, let's say a Philadelphia love story in mm. the 50s and going into the 60s, and at the end the couple have a child and they're like, we'll call him Rocky. And you didn't know. You didn't know you had sat down to watch a prequel to Rocky and actually you know, what happened predates him. A drama, maybe. It doesn't have to be anything to do with boxing. Then why the hell would I watch it? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. No, do you know what I mean though? So, like, so I do get it. But then but then why is that relevant? Why for me the film could end before that reveal. Why isn't it just a lovely two story story of a man and a and a woman who love each other? They bang on screen. You see you see that ball tag going in there, mate, smashing away. Bit of scalping. Bit of scalping. You see it all. Then afterwards it's like his name is and then they're Finn's. Finn. Finn, mate. And and I'm gonna tell you this now, it's not on your questions. Finn is not used enough. And I do not understand how there was a war based film you and I watched. What world? How did that end with the word Finn? <laughs> yeah. Fucking bullshit. Again, you don't want to see a Water World prequel. You don't want to yeah, know you're why. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm very observant okay. of them, right? <laughs> you don't want to see how that like, water took over the planet. Yeah, you're right. How yeah. Costner got his gills. <laughs> oh, I'm not doing this, am I? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> if, if there was anything that's going to make you watch this, getting your gills. How curiosity would you pick? Uh, I, I would have got rid of the prequels. I, I think you're right. I think there's something, there is something about the prequel. I mean, because it's all about playing, you know, you have to pick, gun to head, you have to pick one. Sometimes the trilogy does hit the home run and sometimes yeah. actually um, it might not, you know, you think of something like the Diode 3, you know, and it's only the fourth one and then it starts going a bit downhill. You think of, but then, you know, Godfather 3 wasn't great. Yeah. But then... Um, the original trilogy was great, Yeah, so... I, so the trilogy one is a bit of a poison chalice. I don't think there's ever really been. But then Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, there you go. you'd lose that. Um, 90 minutes, yeah, that that was just in there to see what we say because we, you know, as as you hit the nail on the head, we're having kids and stuff like that. It's getting harder it's and harder to watch God, like three yeah. hour like biopics. But then you hope that your kid grows up in a film and watches a film that they love and is mm. not hampered by 90 minutes. Like Disney's perfect. Disney usually hit the nail on the head. Uh, but I've noticed that their films have gone from 90 minutes, probably because it was harder to do with hand-drawn style. Their 3D films now usually pushing the two-hour mark. And yeah. they're, they're very good to keep a, a child's attention for that long. It was, I think Disney, the, some of the original, I could be completely wrong, but I think some of the original animations are around 120 was yeah, the, probably, was the yeah. original like timeline. And that's perfect. But but now, like I say, they're so, in, they're so intuitive. They that keep was something to do with the reels that they'll be played on. But yeah, I, I think out of all of them, I think it's got to be prequels. I, I think there's, it's, there are certain things in cinema that are quite frustrating. Time travel and prequels are one because you can just undo, yeah. uh, you know, uh, any mistakes or, or any wrongdoings. I do think though there is a potential to make prequels what would be really clever. So, so often it's just, you know, something like The Hobbit, you know, comes out, oh, Lord of the Rings made a shitload of money, right? Well, oh yeah, he wrote these other books, yes. The Hobbit, so that you do them. Um, but I do think there's something really clever about making a movie that you intentionally then des- are going to do a prequel to, which would change the 
where you saw the first one. Yeah. You know what I mean? If but it, that's if, so rare, yeah, isn't it? That is rare. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting one. Let's go to question six. You have to pick James, the Coen brothers to direct the next Adam Sandler movie or Paul W.S. Anderson to direct the next Mahersha Ali movie. So what is, what is really painful about this question is I genuinely had, I mean, I had this dream the other night where Adam Sandler was set on fire and I woke up with the biggest direction. <laughs> I hate Adam Sandler, but I I hate Adam Sandler because he phones everything in. And this is and this is where people are going to disagree with me. And I, and, it, and I can understand why. This is one I'm willing for you to try and change my mind. Adam Sandler phones it in so much. I think he genuinely, the Coen brothers would write him a decent film and he wouldn't even try. And that pisses me off. He would, he would, he would tarnish the Coen brothers with his, with his, Lackadaisicalness. Well, Safety, however, the Safdie brothers did it with uh, Uncut Gems. Yeah, but because, right, he did it once. The Safdie brothers did get out of him, and that's great. And the Uncut Gems is generally a film I don't think I'll ever rewatch. It's it's a very good film, but it's so I get a headache watching it. But you can't guarantee you'll get that because his next his next film was Hubie Halloween. Mm. <laughs> so it's like he's just like I'll do you one good, but now you get years of shit. So I think it depends. It depends. It's on Adam Sandler. However. Paul W.S. Anderson, I reckon, he would give Mahershala Ali direction and Mahershala Ali would ignore him <laughs> and perform very well. Mahershala Ali, I imagine, doesn't need the direction of Paul W.S. Anderson. I imagine he would film him and just go, you do you, mm. and I'll go over here and make other women, uh, other men ogle my wife. Because <laughs> that's what he does. He's got from, whereas, whereas the Coen brothers like, like, no, just please, please, Sandler, do something. <laughs> do something. Because the Coen brothers get great stuff out of great actors. And I'm going to always say George Clooney. I think George Clooney needed the Coen brothers. He came onto the big screen. He'd done a, like, out of sight was good. He did Batman. Everyone was like, is he a big screen personality? Should he go back to ER? Is that where he belongs? Is that his wheelhouse? The Coen brothers get hold of him, mate. Turn him into, turn him into the A-lister. Adam Sandler, he defies him, causes a blight, mate. <laughs> you kill the crops. That's what, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. <clears throat> what about you? Is that something that you'd even agree with? I there there is something about me that knows that I agree with you. Adam Sandler is the the crushing thing about Sandler is that he is actually great and he is a talent, but he very rarely shows it in his movies. Yeah. And I've never easy. He just want to say easy way out. He wants to go on all though, and he's an easy target because he's the, the biggest A lister actor that phones in performances that yeah. somehow and somehow gets away going. with it yeah. and keeps going. Um, you know, well, when so many other talented actors don't, you know, their careers are kind of stopped short. Well, Sandler's created like a movie, like Happy Gilmore. Is that, mm. is that, he killed, he's, killed, he's created a production company for his mates. Oh yeah. So he can go out and happy dis, have party, happy Madison. So he can go out and have, have this fun with his friends and they all phone it in. Like Kevin Smith, isn't he, is it Kevin Smith? No. Director Kevin Smith. No, I was talking about um, Paul Blart. Kevin James. Kevin James. Kevin James is a talented actor. I saw him in Streets of Queens. They did some storylines where I think he had great comedic timing and I think they did something I could be wrong where his wife miscarried. And that's the great balance of comedy is that it can, it, it dances between tragedy and mm. funny. It's the absurdity of life. So he really got his acting chops off. And I disagree. Sorry if I've got that wrong. I might, I might have been confused that because I know they did that in Only Fools and Horses as well. Um, but genuinely, so I know he's acting, he's got talent. But then you see him like Pixels. He plays the president of the United States and he just comes across as an arsehole and a buffoon. And you're just like, fuck me. He, Sandler affects everyone around him. Chris Rock. Chris Rock's an incredibly talented man. Fuck me, he's awful in the films. James Bader, though, however, to give it to him, 
Uh, sorry, David Spade. David Spade. It's still awful. So, you know, it doesn't affect everyone. <laughs> yeah, but then Stallone's, <laughs> sometimes some people Stallone's done things like Spy Kids. You know, sometimes it's... But Spy Kids is okay. It's, it's, it's the old George Clooney thing, isn't it? One for them, two for them, one for me kind yeah. of thing. But probably with Sandler in that, it's been... It's been all for me. No for, Go fuck yourself. 20, 20 for no one. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think it's the Mahershala Ali option. I think I think Mahershala Ali now as well. Bear in mind, Mahershala Ali's career has not always been as, you know, two-time Oscar winning as it is now. You know, he, he has in, been in bad movies. Um, but I think now if you were to do it, click your fingers, Paul W.S. Anderson, no doubt would have Mila Jovovich in the movie and Mahershala Ali would pull it off. Can I, can I stop you for a second? So the Coen Brothers one would be, it was an ensemble cast with Sandler in it. Yeah, but still, he'd affect them. Maybe, maybe. He'd infect them all. Steve Buscemi, mate, is a phenomenal actor. Sandler gets him. Sandler affects him. That would be my perfect answer. The Sandler actually. effect. Sandler effect. Last night, sorry, last week, we did Bond. I watched all four films on Amazon. At the end, Amazon recommended something for me. And I'll be honest, I just watched Die Another Day. <laughs> Was it go take a long nap? <laughs> <laughs> no, I watched that the other day. It was like, it changed the algorithm, mate. Because one, it showed me, it's like, maybe you've watched these Bond films and three of them were Pierce Brosnan films I'd just seen. I was like, well, no, I've been punished enough. But the country is in danger, mate. There's only one man that can save it. Why? What's this? Hero for England, mate. Hero for England at a World Cup. That's right. For no particular reason. I was feeling down and Amazon thought maybe I'd like to rewatch the classic film from 2001. Mike... Bassett, England manager. Oh, God, is it? Yeah. With the World Cup coming up, I thought, why not tell the story of Ricky Thomason as Mike Bassett, who's a manager in the championship, who becomes the international manager of England, hated by the press, quoting Kipling, and bringing England to the finals in Brazil of the World Cup. A horribly aged film showing lots and lots of different members of football, from Robbie Gee to Pele, the jokes. And it was a time, you know how old it was? You could still have... Martin Bashir <laughs> narrating it because it's told in a documentary style. Do you know what? It holds up. I don't want to get too much into it, but it, bearing in mind I just watched Die Another Day. <laughs> it was. It I think was. anything you watch after <laughs> Die Another Day is going to be fucking golden. I like Ricky Thomason. I, I like his style. I like his over-the-top brashness. I didn't like the royal family, but that's purely because I, I didn't get it. I think I was too young. But I love Ricky Thomason mm. now. I, when I read back and rewatch his old stuff, he does make me laugh. And there's something quintessential about a British football movie. They can't be good. This and when Saturday comes, mate, this this is your Saturday night. What are you doing outside having a drink? Watching your mum. Yes, you should be inside watching an Englishman do what they do best. Be shit at football. Soon, in a few weeks, we'll all be able to do that. <laughs> we'll all enjoy that. <laughs> we'll enjoy that. But for one week, mate, Mike Bassett, for one night, soothed me. <laughs> soothed me with a funny story. And it's funny. It's a funny story. About it, it plays on hooliganism, like the captain of England's a literal psychopath and someone smashing up Brazil. Turns out it's the England captain. Strip <laughs> <laughs> Pierce, was it? Yeah, no, but that's what I mean. It's all based on it's like you can tell which one's Beckham is like the superstar, and you can tell who's like the little weirdo and that type of thing. It's, 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 it's good, it's a very product of its time and it's not aged particularly well. But you know what? The World Cup starts next week, England are a joke in the film. I liked it, I did like it. It's 90 minutes long, it's fine, it's, it's okay. It's the it's the length of a football game. It's the length of a football Yes. Maybe they did it on purpose. Maybe that's extra line. <laughs> I don't think it's that meta. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> but do you know what? I've seen worse films this week and saw them last week. Die another day. <laughs> you watch Morbius. <laughs> Wait for it. I'll end on that. Question seven. Mm. Difficult questions. Uh, yeah. Every year, randomly, there's a film 
that you're going to taste or feel. Yeah. Which one would you prefer it be? So let's just set the context. You don't know when it's going to happen. Yeah. You, you could be in the cinema or at home. You're not going to boycott film because you're a film lover. You're still going to do it. It could be the first film you watch. It could be the last one you watch in December. But at some point, you know you're either going to smell everything in that film. No, sorry, taste everything. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like I could randomly taste film. What would it taste like? No, no, you can oh. taste everything. So if someone has a has a martini, oh, then I've, then I've you, won. <laughs> you can taste the martini, the, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Or you can feel it. Now, I know what you're thinking. Yeah. You've got to go with the taste one, right? Surely. Well, I have because my first choice. It's not like you get to watch a film where someone eats shit for like the first hour. <laughs> yeah. Unless it's an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. But... You could also go back to question one, <laughs> spend a year watching erotic movies and I'll play, the, play, that, play the waiting game for feeling something. So what would you pick? Well, I would I would rather, I mean, I picked the films I'd rather taste and, <laughs> taste and feel. You probably should have chatted before yeah, doing this. So, um, so I, I wanted to taste a film. Okay. And it was chocolate. <laughs> But then, but then I thought, but then I thought, do you know what a film I imagine would taste good if it were a food or a drink? I think it'd be hot chocolate while he was sleeping. I think, yeah, I think that's, that's um, why you were sleeping is the, sorry, did you want the hot chocolate? Did you want, did you want the extra, the whipped cream and the, and, and, yeah, and the I marshmallows? Do, I do, I do oh, want it's, that. It's big and somehow it keeps its temperature mm. throughout, no matter how, where I am at drinking it. It doesn't like dip in temperature or anything. It's perfect. Here's an example. If I was watching Polar Express, I'd want to taste that. Yeah. I'd want that hot chocolate. I'd want that Christmassy smell and feel and everything like that. I get that. If I want, if Let's I want, say, if I want something really salty and a bit sour, I would watch Green Lantern. <laughs> Which is what I put because it's wank. <laughs> but going back to the question, yeah, you know, if it was, let's say it's the year that you know the new Hellraiser movie comes out, and you're oh. like. Fuck out, you know, and, and you've picked feel, knowing full well that this gonna, could be the movie. I'm still going to feel, you know. My problem is, I've got a horrible thing about tastes and smells. I can, I can taste smells, and I can smell tastes. Mm. I, I'd rather feel something. I'm very, no, I don't, oh, no, feel it, please. Also, what would I feel? Would I just feel someone like, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you feel the sensation of being skinned. Well, then, then who would ever pick that? <laughs> no, but because you could also, it's one movie. Oh, if you watch go, a thousand movies that year, yeah. with the majority of them are like good films you know with you know like good sensation to it mm. wouldn't you rather take the odds that hopefully it's not the movie that's really sadistic that i feel it i'm still gonna go feel i'd rather feel it i'd hate to taste the movie mm. what, if, what if it's adam sandler it tastes like shit i'm sure in that he did no, i don't know maybe taste actually it's just a taste isn't it what about if i changed it to taste or smell i'd know taste so if the film taste. was set in like new york you know you could I smell could, you the could street smell it, and, you know and is it also even the Avengers films, mate? Even if they look good, it's like, oh my god, how sweaty is that suit? Mm. I mean, you are not a fit man. Well, that's <laughs> the smelling, isn't it? Yeah. So I yeah, know you taste. smell like the the destruction and the fire, and or taste it. I don't taste. I taste it. Easy I would just spend taste. a year watching films with good food scenes. Yes, it? chocolate, chef, chef. Oh, oh man, I'd watch, yes. I'd, yeah, I'd just watch chef every I'd just day. Watch chef because the food in that looks phenomenal. Chef. Ratatouille. <laughs> I thought to taste a rat. <laughs> ratatouille. Yeah. 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 I'll be honest, James, that one didn't pan out as much as I thought it was. I'm sorry. Question eight. Question eight. Sean Penn recently gave his Oscar to President Zelensky on his second visit to Ukraine. It doesn't even make any sense. Well, my first question is why. 
because he's an idiot. So he's technically... No, 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 I don't know about you, mate, but I remember, I remember reading this. Winston Churchill, we were getting battered, mate. We were getting absolutely fucking smashed by the Nazis. They were were bombing London. He was like, our resolve, fucking John Wayne came over, gave him an Oscar, mate, won the Second World War. (laughs) That's that's, that's how I recall history works. Yeah, isn't that how it works? So Sean Sean Penn's basically said, I'm loaning this to you yeah, and I'll come get it back when the war's over and as I, an act of confidence that this, that, that it will end. And I, and I bet Zelensky was like, fuck me, the, the tide of this war. Do you imagine Zelensky turned. was like, the fuck am I going to do with this? Where am I going to keep that? <laughs> like the fucking, How great was he just healed it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Russians and it fucking exploded <laughs> and ended the war. You want to see that coming, Mate, would you? in a showdown... Somehow, because it's a movie, Putin and Zelensky <gasps> in the same room together. He takes his shirt off and he's and, and, he's, and he's bionic. He's like, oh. oh my god, he's got no choice. And he sticks he sticks the Oscar in his cock. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like, the, that's no. the weapon. Zelensky like in a in a last ditch reaches <gasps> out for it and he gets the Oscar and he clubs Putin around the head with it. And then and then just before that, because you found out halfway through the film that um, Putin, in an act of terror, had killed. Killed Oscar-winning actor Sean Penn, and then at the last scene, he's, he's on the floor. He's being Zelensky. He looks up, just like when Saturday comes, <laughs> and, so, and fucking Sean Penn's in the crowd. <laughs> but unfortunately, it's a prequel, so we got, we got rid of it. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I mean, first off, it's a it's a real cringeworthy moment, isn't it? I don't even understand it. I don't even understand the logic behind it. I it's like this will make you feel special, okay? <laughs> you know, the thing is as well is it's not. It wasn't quick for Sean Penn to get to Ukraine. Yeah. So he had a lot of time to go, this is stupid, isn't it? Or someone to go. Or someone to go, Sean. What are you, what are you doing? Sean. Surely there's people who work for him. I, I like Sean Penn. I, I like his activist like, way. And he was in Ukraine filming documentaries before the war broke out. Like He's been going there quite a lot. Mm. And Zelensky comes from an acting background, doesn't he, before he became president. So it, it is. I get the link there about giving him, he deserves an Oscar more, yeah. or an Academy Award more so than... You know, someone who but, leads a, a very kind of privileged life. But I was going to say this: this privileged thing is like, it's like I, I don't understand what he thought was going to happen. Like, like, oh, the papers will call me a hero. Yeah, <laughs> like, Sean Penn wins the war. <laughs> Sean Penn gives Oscar to to man who's done yeah. a lot more than you. I'm sure. <laughs> I hear Halle Berry's giving the Razzie to Putin. <laughs> True hero. <laughs> don't make him stop. I mean. It is. It is a. It's another one of them Hollywood um, self-righteous bats in the back that just looks really bad to the working person. Does it like fuck it out? Sean Penn's giving his. We get it, Sean. We get it. But oh, no, yeah. the question was, you get to give someone's Oscar to someone else. Who are you going to give it to? I, mean, I, I went. I went. I went. John Goodman, The Big Lebowski, mm. that year. Or I'd go to Toy Story Four. And I would take their Oscar, their undeserved Oscar, and I would give it to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Or throughout the years, mate, Amy Adams is finally getting an Oscar because she deserves it. And I'm taking it back from the year where she split the vote and giving it to her. And my joke answer was, give it to Liz Truss because she needs it. <laughs> <laughs> but she did pretend to be the Prime Minister for a bit. So bless her. My my answer is, um, take the Oscar from Crash and give it to any other movie that came out that year. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. 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 Good answers. All of them. Amy Adams, it needs to win one. She will. It's really weird that you're, if you're the top person in your category, isn't it weird that other people, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to have a go at Anne Hathaway. I'd find it weird. They're all meeting up for lunch before the Oscars and it's like, oh, Amy Adams, you've been nominated again. It was like, you are literally the best. And she's like, well, well, thank you. Judy Dench sits down and she's like, oh, where'd you get that from? Oh, uh, 
because I, I spent like four minutes in the movie. Oh, right, okay. Well, what's yours for? Oh, because I spent eight minutes in um, yeah, Blade Sean Sh- like, Penn just gave it to me. He's handing them out in the fucking lobby. <laughs> and then you just like Amy Adams. I reckon if I was Amy Adams, I'd given up and just go work at like fucking Costco. <laughs> Be like, do you know what? I'm too good. It is, it is sad, isn't it? Because splitting the vote. I mean, it's happened to Scott Johansson as well, is not it? She yeah. split the vote, you know. With Mary Story. And- yeah, it's, it's almost like a... Um, you, you know, it's like your own critique of your hard work, you know. It's literally sticking up the middle finger to yourself. Victim of your own success, yeah, it's I guess is how it is. She's, she's too good. The only way you could guarantee it is if you did like six fucking phenomenal performances mm. and then one year you were the only one nominated, but you still fucking Sean Penn would win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, um, I think it's right, isn't it? It's, it's much easier to think of people that deserve it that haven't got one versus... Um, you know, people that have got them. I mean, to be honest, I would take the Oscar from Crash for Best Picture and I'd give it to I'd literally it. anyone. I'd fucking mow it down, mate. Cause, yeah. Because the films don't deserve it if they're not being Crash. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you did fucking terrible. No one earns it this year. I'd give it to a lollipop lady or something. Okay. More deserving than the movie Crash. Um, before we go on to Morbius, we've got one last question. I was quite proud of this one. It's I difficult. thought this was a real humdinger. It is a humdinger. One. Would you rather have Andrew Scott as the next Doctor Who? That's that's great. I love I love Andrew Scott, Mr. Britain. I would well, I always say that about everyone. He's fantastic, charming, great. That whimsical childlike appearance, mate. The fascination with the world. I could see learning through the universe through Tony uh, Adams and Andrew Scott's eyes. Or would you want Michael Shannon as the next lead Jedi in a Star Wars movie? My problem with that is, mate. My problem with that. I love Michael Shannon. Mm. I saw him in a Star Wars film. And I saw him giving advice to young Jedi's. I'd go, he's quite clearly a Sith. <laughs> he's it, a fucking it, it, Sith. There, there's something about him, isn't there? That I've all, actually, yeah. He, no, he's a Sith. Do you know what? Before a Sith, he's also he's also the guy on the, on the Death Star pushing the button. Do you <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? But no, he, but, he's... But, but, but like, without any reason, <laughs> it's like, he's like, Boos, he's like, why'd you blow the planet? I was like, huh? <laughs> so, I, I didn't, didn't tell like the way he looked at me. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> okay, Michael Shannon. The problem is, Michael Shannon, when you're watching it, you, you think he'd be the red herring. You'd be like, no, it's too obviously Michael Shannon. But then you'd be like, but it's Michael Shannon. And you just pretend to get your lightsaber out. Get your lightsaber out. And then he gets out of his red. You go, what well, fucking told you? No, but imagine that. that it's, it's setting up to be a trilogy. In the first movie, you don't see the lightsaber. Mm. And in the closing scenes, he turns it on and it's blue. <gasps> like, you're fucking balls deep watching that sequel yeah. to see what he does with that blue lightsaber. Like, it kills kids. <laughs> I, like to, I like to think that if he was, Anakin walks into the room to kill a young lady, Michael Shannon's just picking his teeth with their lightsabers because he's murdered one. He'd be like, he was oh, like, oh, how did you know? And he'd be like, oh, what? Oh, I was just killing him. How dark would that have been if like Vader's lightsaber isn't red because of it's still the blue one. It's just, just gungling the blood. blood. Yeah. Which would make it purple, blue and red. Mm. Makes you look at base window, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> I I'm just saying that Michael Shannon with any force powers is not doing good. I don't know. I mean man. they I mean they gave him the powers of Superman and he fucking blew up a city. <laughs> but imagine him like can you remember in Nocturnal Animals where he was the cop in it? He was dying. Yes. And he's he was like no nonsense. Like the moment he found, he figured out like when he got his hands on oh a Jedi with nothing to lose. A, a, yeah, a Jedi with nothing to lose who doesn't play by the rules, doesn't give in to the whole like force <laughs> ever. Fucking just crashes a ship into the death star. Yeah. Just gets up and starts fucking slashing. <laughs> That's what I want to see. Like no order or decorum whatsoever. That. 
That's I, what I, I, I love Andrew see. Scott, but fuck that. I want that. <laughs> just like just like Darth Vader's coming at him. And it, and he's just like, he's non plus, man. Yeah. He's just sat there going, whatever, mate. Just Vader's walking down the corridor. And Shadow just puts out a fuck. <laughs> yes. No, he doesn't put it out. He just rests it on the side because yes. he's coming back to <laughs> he's it. coming back to it. <laughs> Just takes a hit flask out just as he's about to like lay down the law. Like, oh, brilliant. Fucking, fucking Darth Vader comes into his personal space. Someone's shit in his toilet, not a floor. It's fucking Shannon. <laughs> he's <laughs> washed his hands though. He's washed his hands, left him a little note. <laughs> left a cigarette out. Just there, it's like a calling card. Yeah. And he just says, see you later. Oh, oh I want to see that movie. Shannon. It's the Shannon, Shannon unshackled, mate. <laughs> Jedi on fire. <laughs> yeah. Easy. Oh, man. Shannon. They were my nine questions, man. They were good questions, man. They were very good. Let's get into Morbius. Mate, <laughs> do we have to? Daniel Espinosa. Two writers on this film, mate. That's always a good sign. The more writers, the better the film, I find. <laughs> Matt Shazama and Burke Sharpless. Uh, it stars Jared Lowe, obviously. <gasps> that's Matt disappointing. Smith. Uh, that's, that's the heartbreaker. The Matt Smith bit. The Matt Smith, because Matt Smith's a phenomenal actor. Probably just needed the kitchen that year. I, I think he needed a kick in the head. Obviously, no based, on the, that bad. <laughs> based on the Marvel uh, character, Michael Morbius, in this case, played by Jared Leto. He's got a string of, you know, success with uh, comic book characters. He plays a bio- Universally loved. <laughs> <laughs> plays a biochemist who tries to cure a rare blood disease that he and Matt Smith have, uh, but inadvertently infects himself with a rare form of vampirism that turns him into a superhero or an anti-hero. Don't you fucking hate that? Do you remember when we went to the co-op to get some cold and flu tablets and we both became eternal creatures I, of the night? I bought that sushi that was a day out of day. Yeah, now just, you're a werewolf. Yeah. Fucking gill, man. <laughs> um, yeah, so Jared Leto, like I say, plays Michael Morbius at the beginning of the movie. He's kind of, he, he show, shows flashbacks for that. It's a pretty tight movie. It's not, it doesn't outstay his welcome over the 90 minute mark. Um, you know, it shows you him modern day as a brilliant scientist. He's created a, um, basically a fake blood. So it's blue and it's like, a, you know, it's it's changed the way that medicine is around the world. He's an absolute savior, you know. Um, oh, that's good. It's like artificial blood that he's created. He then learns about this particular bat and he, and he goes to study them to try and cure his own disease. We see flashbacks of him in an orphanage with, or not an orphanage, but more of like a hospital for kids with these with this disease where he meets Matt Smith's character. Um, and together they kind of grown up and they're both looking for this disease knowing that he's slowly killing them and time is running out. So he's getting desperate. And then he becomes Morbius through fucking about with this particular uh, blood. It's, don't you hate there when that happens? Yeah, I mean, it's also got Jared Harris in it as well. Which, oh, that's a shame. I fucking love Jared Harris. Basically, um, Chernobyl. Well, so, you know, le- le- is, is it bad? Um, yes. I, I, mate, you don't even have to explain the film to me and I know how bad it is. So, well, let's look at the positives, right? <laughs> Why are you dragging this? Out? Let's look yeah, at the positives. Let's look at the positives. It's, uh, <laughs> it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Don't you find yourself disappointed by that? <laughs> It, Were you expecting like a fucking dumpster? 40 minutes in, I thought this isn't as bad. Now it's fast. Like mm. at the beginning, it's like he's in a helicopter, he's touching down, you know, very like Bruce Wayne looking, like he's got a helicopter, goes through this waterfall, all these bats come out of anywhere. I'm like, this is on the nose a bit of Batman. And that guy used to play the Joker. Okay, mm. it's fine. Um, and it very quickly shows you his metamorphosis into Morbius. It doesn't take long for him to become Morbius. And that scene is quite, quite good. I mean, it's not. It's not classic horror, you know, like we talked about a few weeks ago when we looked at Dracula, but it does have tones of that. You know, it's a lot of like over the shoulder, almost like, you know, um, Jekyll becoming Hyde or um, someone becoming the the Wolfman. You know, it has that kind of nightmarish tone to it, which is is okay, actually. Um, 
the problem is then it starts to go into some really outdated effects. POV shots when he becomes Morbius. Fucking a la The Lost Boys. Yeah, and he has this weird, like... Can only, you remember Nightcrawler when he used to disappear from space to space yeah. and he left like a trail of Which was also smoke. in like 2005. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. So they use this. And the problem is by the end of the movie, that smoke like is now purple. And I don't get why that is. You know what I mean? At the beginning, it's just like he'd move so quick. There's a visual effect that kind of gives this idea that he's like moved... I don't know, air or I don't know. By the end Science. of it, he's literally flying with this purple stream following. And I was like, when did that happen? Like, that is really, really odd. Matt Smith is absolutely wasted, 100%. Yeah. There's a really cringy scene where he takes the same serum and he, he's like dancing shirtless. And it's basically, I think, the, the, the director's just like, Matt, just dance l- like a cross between someone who's really smug, but also someone whose life has just been saved, you know, at the same time. Like, so you're, you're ecstatic but you're also smug. And it's this really weird scene where Matt Smith's like getting dressed and dancing. And at the end of it, he turns into, you know, like his version. He plays a character called Milo and he basically turns into like a Morbius looking character. And that's my next point. Spider-Man looks cool. Blade looks cool. Yeah. All these characters look cool. Deadpool looks cool. Yeah. Punisher looks cool. Even the vampires in their own Blade films look, yeah. look cool. This is like Dust Till Dawn <laughs> vampire, Jared Leto. I'm out. But visual effects. It doesn't, doesn't look cool. At no point did he turn into Morbius and I went, fuck yeah, I want to see that movie. I saw a picture of him and he looked like a fish. <laughs> and it's weird because that's your selling point is the anti-hero. You want to see what he does as the anti-hero and that's not interesting neither. Like he kills people to begin with. He has to learn how to harness harness the devil inside of him, you know, that's kept him alive, but he's also something that he sworn not to become, you know, because he saves lives, he doesn't take lives. So it's got this like turmoil in between, you know, there as, as the lead. That's interesting, and that could be a movie. That could be Jekyll and Hyde that we talked about a few weeks ago. It's yeah. a movie that we want to see. You could have done Morbius as a Jekyll and Hyde movie. The moment that you then bring in, you know, the childhood friends, the doctor that tried to save him, played by Jared Harris, the love interest. Of course there's love interest. It just all becomes messy. And by the end of it, the final, like, showdown, if you like, is so messy. And it does this visual effects thing, which, again, is really dated. It felt like an early 2000s movie where... Everything's happening so chaotically that it goes boom and slows down and shows you what they're doing with like bullet time and then speeds up again. And you're like, and we moved away from these kind of effects, which yeah, is really about or, 15 years or ago. Or you do it once in a movie for a bit of comic relief. You know what I mean? Like Deadpool might do it where he, like, he blow, you know, it slows down for a moment and he winks so he at can the camera. Turn to wink. But this, it does it loads in places where you're like, I don't know why it's just slowed down. That's really weird. Sake. It's not terrible it's not like suicide squad which was edited really poorly which made it a really bad viewing experience like the film is logical you know it goes through three set pieces you know it has the sidekick characters in it it has the two cops you know with no skills or powers kind of bumbling the way for it jared lowe isn't bad as as morbis he's much more interesting as dr morbis than he is as as you know as the, the, the anti-hero yeah he's much more interesting there um but then there are scenes as well where it's like, you know, he takes his shirt off and he's like, he obviously puts some weight on and stuff. And, it, and it, there's a thing about Jared Lowe, isn't there, about he's like, it's the Jared Lowe show. We are all, in our lives, we are still the side character. He's the main role Good. in our lives. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's something about Jared Lowe. He's, he's a gravity towards him that's very kind of, look at me, I'm Jared Lowe. And, and that kind of shines through. I think the worst thing is, is that it's got Matt Smith in it and that it is, it's quite boring and that it's formulaic and doesn't necessarily make sense. And then the ending is so over the top 
the closest film I can put, compare it to is Venom 2 Carnage, oh, which again is that's Sony. Very that it's, film. it's that's so Sony. Venom Carnage <laughs> where you want to, you want it to work and you think there's something interesting in here but, and you've got some good people that have won Oscars. Um, there's a weird Michael Keaton cameo at the end, which gives the idea that people can move through the universes because obviously that's Michael shit Keaton, if you ask me. Just, yeah. It just sets you up for failure. You just you're just gonna piss off two fan bases. It's like the idea that there's gonna be a Sinister Six in that universe, which yeah. may bring Andrew Garfield back because it's heavily implied that that's Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man universe. Um he he talk he says Venom in it as well. So he, he is in the Venom verse, if you like. Um so it could be lining up that there's gonna be a Morbius Venom crossover at some point. Oh, didn't, I mean, imagine this film made lots of money, right? So they're definitely doing a sequel to this. No, it bombed, didn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely tanked. <laughs> yeah. But when they've got the visual technology the second movie is never as expensive unless Jared Leto's wage salary yeah, goes up. Yeah, but still, if people, it's a joke. Do you know what really upsets me about this? Go back a week and I asked you the question of, is a film so bad that you can at least like it better than a film that's so bad it's forgettable? To me, Morbius would have been better if it was bad, but from the sounds of it, it's not bad. It's just, it's just, it's just poor. It's just quite bland. It's just quite bland. And that to me is worse. If it, at least it could have stood up as one of the worst superheroes films of all well, time. Here's the thing as well, is if it came out before Green Lantern and it came out before the, the caliber of comic book movies that we've got now. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong, there were some bad comic book movies that yeah. come out now, but you look at things like Doctor Strange, you know, and how that's kind of pushing into more of a horror style, you know, multiverse of madness. You look at Logan and what that's done as being like a Western. Look at the the comedy in four. This is this is very two thousands comic book movie. Better than Fantastic Four and better than um, Ghost Rider, but entry level kind of. So like it's twenty five. It's like twenty years too late. Yeah, I think so. And it's and I, and I, the other thing as well is I don't know how much he's victim to the source material. I don't know the Morbius character yeah. in that. You know, Matt Smith to me would have been better taking the serum, and he is permanently. The vampire, you know, so he's vendetta against Jared Leto's character's Morbius. He's more, you took it and you've beefed up and you're super strong and you look great. I've took it and I look like, you know, hide so, all the time. So why does he hate him? Because because he looks, it's like, oh, you saved my life. Their ideologies just split. Fuck. And, and and that's that's the kind of the rift that causes between <laughs> which what is we're really friends. cool, but that plays off in your sequel or your trilogy. Friends turning each, friends who turn on each other don't turn on each other mm. straight away. It's just like fucking go back to Goldeneye. They immediately turn on each other. Where's the friendship? Where's the story? So, so there's, there, and that's it. There's a big question in there. There's a scene where they, they meet and, you know, Milo comes in and he knows he's not got long left and he's deteriorating. And all of a sudden he looks at Morbius, Dr. Morbius, and he's like, you're better. How have you done it? And he's like, I can't give you it because it's turned me into a monster. And it's that playing God question of, but what gives you the right? You well, know, you've done it. Yeah. And th so there, there's an interesting part of the movie. They've done then. And it's one scene. And then yeah. obviously it's like, well, I've got the serum now and he, you know, uses it himself. Later, and, yeah. Goodbye. Yeah. And again, it becomes one of them. I don't really understand Morbius. There's a, there's a scene where he unlocks a new skill and I don't know what that skill is, but it somehow makes him fly. And it must be a bat thing. Is it where a, they ride Ryanair tickets? <laughs> you just you just see him the next time he's a, he's in first class in Ryanair. Well, it must so. be a bat thing where they glide on air like pockets of air or something. But the moment he figures it out, he's got like the sonar like hearing and stuff, and you, you know, it, and he does this thing where he jumps in front of a train and uses its force to fly but then by the end of the movie he's literally able to jump off buildings and glide and, Fucking coward, and I have mate. no if it, idea what's going on if he got splattered by a car I would have respected this film more yeah 
Yeah, it was a bit of a letdown, to be honest. It's no, don't get me wrong, it's nowhere near as bad as like Green Lantern or those, you know, Fantastic oh Four, God. Ghost Riders. Not that That's disappointing. Bad. I, I wanted it to be worse. No, there's still a few things in there that, that made it, that, you know, it's 90 minutes. It's very much free acts and done. Waste, yeah, well, that's my problem with Hollywood. They don't understand what they've got. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying this to be a dick, but they had fucking, they had fucking Christopher Eccleston for Thor 2. I'm going to use the Doctor Who's. They haven't had Capaldi yet, but they had David Tennant on a TV series when he's prime. Kilgrave should be your villain as your main guy because he could talk. To, imagine it, Kilgrave, his henchman is fucking Thanos because he can talk to Thanos mm. and it works on him. There's your story. But they've got this thing about killing their villains. They're fucking Matt Smith, you've, you've done it, you're out now. Although I know it's Sony, but you've probably done. That's a, that's a shame. I feel yeah. like they've wasted a lot of talent on this. And I I'm, I, I like Jared Lowe. I think Jared Lowe's good. I, I don't really care for his Joker, but that's one role. I think Dallas Myers called, he's a, he's a good actor. And I don't understand why we treat him like he's not because of like Suicide Squad. I've seen Suicide Squad. The villain's the editing. Mm. This film, I haven't seen it. I'm not interested. I'm never going to watch it. At no point I can see myself in my life going, Morbius is on. Oh, I'm just gonna flip Morbius on. <laughs> I'm gonna put Morbius on because, to be honest, it sounds like it's more boring than it is bad, and I think that's a bigger crime. At least you can enjoy a bad film, or, or you remember a bad film. And I, and Morbius, it also it doesn't interest me in the slides. The only thing I was going to be interested in is it does it link to Blade in any way because I'm all about Blade, Mahershala Ali coming. And if it doesn't, I'm not interested. Well, that's it. I mean, that's the, what everyone thought was going to happen, isn't it? But now Blade is going to be set in the 90s, isn't it? Yeah, to remember you saying. So they're all about moving Blade to be after Captain Marvel in more than 98, so the Wesley Snipes era. Yeah. Which is, that's going to be interesting. Which is weird because you had you had a blade. In you the had a blade then, yeah. It was called Blade. But Blade was like, we're fucking making an 18. Like, yeah. It's a vampire movie. He takes names, he kills people, it's a it's an eighteen. Was this tiptoes that? Is it a twelve A? Is it a fifteen? It's not it's not bloody or scary enough to be a fifteen, but it's it probably would scare some younger audience. So it's it's one of them weird ones like Venom where it, it doesn't really know where it is. What it wants to be. Yeah. yeah. That's that's a, that's the worst. You, how can you how can you have a storyline? How can you make a film? if the writers and the director are unsure of their vision. Mm. That's probably the thing that hurts it the most. Well, the problem is that you don't know, do you? The, the directors could have shot it and then the film the studio's edited, like, no, yeah. we can take it out because we won't get it. And there's been history of countries that. Is, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, well, that, that's it. But there, there are our questions. There are our films. Any other business? No, no. Um, I... It's been it's been a, it's been a crazy week, mate. It's been an experience. Yeah, we're uh, we're launching some things lately, you know. So stick around. Big news on the horizons, maybe. Maybe I'm just teasing you. Maybe you have to come in for next week and find out what we're going to say. Well, on that bombshell, and I'll let you fill me in on that <laughs> after this. If it is, see you later. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night. Goodbye. <laughs>